everyone. Guys. Welcome. Um, welcome to Mean Girls Interrupted. Yes, it is a podcast. Was that natural? About, it was natural. <laughs> okay. It was as natural as <clears throat> the yes. day is long. As Trinity the Tech. Oh, yes. A Burn natural Trinity beauty. the Tech. <laughs> an actual, an actual angel. Yeah, um, but enough about her. Yeah, her natural <laughs> face. Because we're talking about movies. That's what this podcast is about. Yes, welcome to Mean Girls Interrupted. This is our uh, fourth episode. Yes. No. Uh, our that'll third. be our third. It's going to be our third. You guys, numbers aren't my thing. We're already. Yeah. We'll movies speak. are our thing. Movies are our thing. And I'm John. And I'm Travis. And this is, uh, you found your one stop spot for everything. Movies extravaganza. And uh, so this is a podcast where uh, Travis and I, we took our our good, valuable time and we watched a movie. We did. We watched a movie. My time first. <laughs> Speak for yourself. My time is not valuable. I do absolutely nothing after work. <laughs> uh, yeah. In this economy, it's not worth anything. My, no, uh, not not with this at all. But um, so this week we um, have decided to watch Rosemary's Baby. Something we have never watched. Oh, I, I should preface this by saying in the beginning, everyone, there are spoilers. Yes. If you do not like spoilers, oh, yeah. spoilers, then you, this isn't going to be for you. We want it but to also, be for this you. Is a movie, this is a movie from 1968. So, I mean, if you're going to be like, oh, my God, don't spoil Rosemary's Baby. Mm, that's what like, I'm saying. Get lost. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This movie is surprisingly... Um, Rosemary's yeah. baby. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to give anything away. Surprisingly enough, this is Rosemary's uh, baby. I don't want to give anything away. So, uh, but um, I do want to say this also. Mm-hmm. Obviously, spoilers. Obviously, people put a lot of hard work into movies and entertainment. Yeah. This is our opinion. We're not roasting these people, like in a sense, except for maybe Rowan Polanski, who has his own history. Uh, yeah. So. Let's get into it. You want to get into it? it? Yeah, we'll get into it. So anyway, so Rosemary's Baby is a horror film that uh, came out in uh, 1968. Yes. Um, And it. uh, Yeah. So it was released by Paramount an actual. This is an actual studio film. Uh, So it is directed by the. um, uh, uh, how How do I say it? The pariah, um, the pariah that is Roman Polanski. But yes. At this point in history, he was not the person. Well, he's always been that person, but he was right, no, but he was at, not the person we know of as that, today. At the time that he got this film, he was regarded as an extraordinarily talented filmmaker and um, like auteur status. Um uh, but currently now, he, uh, he uh, is, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of his uh, personal things have come out and he is a despicable, despised, rightfully loathed human being. You want to know what, though, John? And I'm going to tell you this. You can actually kind of see what's coming in the future. Yes. There's foreshadowing some, in his I do, film. I do know what you're talking about. You do? Okay, and good. I was fully <laughs> catching on to these, these little foreshadowings of what... His proclivities were, his inclinations were, yeah. are apparent in certain choices that are made. Yes, when he's doing um, this movie and I was like, you know what? All of the signs were there. We're yeah, not really also, talking about an, him, though. Right, but this actually, I know what you're talking about. And this might have been like what he was, what he, why he was drawn to this film. Because actually, so what, hap- what had happened was... Um, and sort of like the the development of this project. So this Rosemary's Baby is actually based on a book. It is. And the John, and, they lifted a lot of yeah, scenes so he, and dialogue from this book. Right. Because he so he was approached from the studio Paramount, somebody at the studio at Paramount who they were very interested in him. He was like a hot like auteur director writer thing. And um, he, uh, Roman Polanski, was like obsessed with like downhill skiing for some reason. And that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so Paramount had this property, this this book, and um, they were wanting to make it into like a low budget horror film as which is still a tradition today in Hollywood. (laughs) 
Like, <laughs> like, horror, like horror is never high budget. Honestly, like it's always it's, like low budget horror. John, <laughs> like, horror never gets nominated for anything. Honestly, they're like, here's three paper clips and a fucking old slice of gum. I mean, good for Get Out, but Get Out was also like groundbreaking in a lot of ways. That was and they deserved the Academy Award. But you know who also deserved an Academy Award for a horror film? Tony Collette and Hereditary. Um, excuse me. Yeah. The acting that was hereditary was a snub. It That's was, a full snub. John, she probably was like, you know what? Fuck this. She's better than that anyway. Oh, sorry, she acted everyone. her fucking face off. She acted her damn face off. Her, dude. Whenever she figures out about her, we need to watch that actually for this podcast because oh, she, we will. whenever she freaks out about learning the death of her daughter, John, like I saw that in the theater. I saw that in the theater and I like didn't know what to do with myself. Do you want it to leave? Because I like, remember sitting there being like, <sighs> I was like I'm, I'm watching this private moment that I shouldn't be watching. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Yes. It took like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait, Whoa. wait. no, let's leave that anyway, for that episode. So we're going <laughs> into a different movie. Everyone, Which, Rosemary's like, baby. Arguably though, it is related because I think yes. that there are uh, themes and uh, plot devices in hereditary. I put that in my notes. I have yeah. it in my notes. Yeah, I think it's like there. I mean, there. So Rosemary's Baby is a very influential film. It is. And you know what? Yeah. I truly think Hereditary did lift some things, but not lift. I think it was an homage to, or an homage to Rosemary's Baby. And, yeah, not lift. It is homage. It is absolutely inspiration. And, and there's also, a lot of shit in it. And also just the fact that as an audience member, you come to re- to realize that this protagonist never stood a fucking chance and hereditary and uh, Rosemary's baby has that in common. Yeah. Do you know uh, what I mean? Oh, 100%, which really sucks. So whenever they lose, like you're like, Oh shit, that's fucked up now. Do you, okay. So what I want to know is, Okay, oh, should oh, I save oh it for the end? Do we want to leave our opinions for the end or do we want to kind of give our rating oh, let now? Let me just should finish real quick. Let me just finish real quick because I did yeah, get yeah, sidetracked yeah. and I'm sorry. No, so it's anyway, okay. so this producer developing this project um, was like, you know what? This would be this Rosemary's Baby book would be good for um, Roman Polanski. So but he's interested in this sort of downhill skiing project that we're doing. So he sent this downhill ski project with the Rosemary's <laughs> baby book and being like, Oh, just, just take a look at this and see if you're interested. And Roman Polanski obviously took the bait and was like, I think this is the more interesting project, this Rosemary's baby thing. So let's do it. So he adapted the screenplay and it was like a, it was over, it was like a 247 page screenplay because he, he did a very true to book adaptation and it was, um, yeah, like he would like lift full dialogues and full oh, yeah. explanations of things from the book, which um, I've read a lot of scripts in my days. You know who also does this approach? Who? Um, I was going to say Jane Fonda. <laughs> Jane Fonda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Notoriously. Uh, oh, my God. She just won an Oscar for Power of the Dog. Hello. Hi. Uh, Jane Campion. Jane there Campion. Yeah, so I read Power. <laughs> You're like, there she is. There she is. <laughs> there we go. We connected those dots. But like, uh, I like she, how we got there, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, High yeah, kicks, so, stretches. <laughs> so I read, I read Power of the Dog, and it's very similar. It's like, it's clearly lifted straight from the book. And I'm like, okay, go for it because it's like, that's how you should do it. It is because people, that's why people go to see it. They want to see the source material actually on the page, which yeah, I don't want to go see something that I've read. And it's like, Oh, what you guys, Dark like, Tower. You, were gonna, you guys, Oh uh, yeah. Fucking rotten. And I loved those books to death. When I saw that movie, a lot I was of like, people love those books. John, a lot of people. Can I tell you, I've literally never been more disappointed in a movie. And I walked out of dark water with Jennifer Connelly and this, <laughs> movie fucking sucks dark tower yeah. was the worst oh uh, yeah 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 worst it's like and also how can you fuck up i'm sorry it's jennifer connelly but how can you fuck up dark water D- dark water was f- so horrible have you seen the original what the original dark water yes the original korean film dark water no absolutely oh, not no sorry it's a japanese film i have not um, should i it's it 
Yeah, it's like so, like I I've watched Dark Water Jennifer Connelly version first whenever like in the early 2000s. Horrible. And then like fairly recently within the last couple of years I watched the Japanese version of Dark Water or the the original of Dark Water and it was like far superior. T- see and that's a thing. Take like a that classic s- horror film. See, and I'm going to watch it then. So I'm thank yeah. you for the recommendation, but that's the thing. Take the source material and fucking run with it. You don't have to make it your yeah. original thing because right. that's what people want. And I've been thinking about this and I was thinking about it while I was watching Rosemary's Baby. I'm currently um, uh, adapting a piece of source material, a comic book source material. Oh, yes. Wait, and is this something that you and I have not spoken about yet? Yes, but we'll talk about it more off air. Specifically. Also, I forgot to tell you, by the way, um, about our 10 year reunion friend. Oh, right. I thought about that three times this past week. Okay. So in last week's episode, we watched, uh, uh, you know, Romeo, Romeo and Michelle's, Michelle's High School, school Musical. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, so Travis, so go back for reference, but anyway, who was it? I, I'm not going to tell you right okay, now. Right. I, I'm afraid to tell <laughs> you. I don't later. want to tell you right now. Anyway, anyway, so Rosemary's back to Rosemary's baby. Yeah. We yeah. got a lot to cover. Okay. Yeah. So not, uh, so, we're not talking about porn addictions right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's for later. That's for later. But, uh, so tell me later and I'll tell you later. Yeah. So anyway, Rosemary's Baby, just the long short of it is it centers around, if you're not familiar already, um, um, this is the classic film, a pioneering film about um, a woman who is married to this actor. He's sort of like this low level actor. Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I know know that he was written as that, but like, guy, come on. I I mean, create very creative parents. But you know what? People were naming their babies like guy. They were, they were. Craig, Craig, Greg with the C. Excuse me. And an AI. Yeah, get out of here. Um, anyway, get out of so here. Rosemary. And so we come in. Also, uh, they, we come in with them moving into this new apartment. Yes. And yes, we so do. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want to give, do you want to give yeah. more of like the, do you want to do it? So, oh, I just want to give them kind of like the, uh, just the general synopsis first. <laughs> Yeah, that's where we're going. It's oh, like okay, so the gotcha. Whole, the whole thing is they they come into this uh this apartment and he is sort of this actor barely getting on the rise. Like he's done a few commercials and stuff. The husband. Yeah, she's like talking it up too. She talks yeah. it up a lot. She's like, I mean, commercial money at the time. I'm sure commercial it was money huge. at the time. You can afford apartments like that. I'm sure it was huge money. Yeah, and also theater because people love the theater. It, it, it was a different time for sure. It it's was like you could be a, you can be raking in some cash being a theater actor in New York City. This takes place in New York City. Yes, by the on way, on like the Upper West Side, somewhere around the Central Park area. Well, of course, because they're like and, well-to-do, like white people. Yeah. So, um, so um, Rosemary, played by uh, Mia Farrow, gorgeous Mia John, Farrow. I'm so glad you said that. I had no she is f- like the she is like the epitome of 1960s, 1970s model actress glam thing john literally i I have notes in here for further she would fucking cut a bitch dude she'll she turning too quick your throat open all the way you better not be made of glass because that shit's getting cut dude absolutely she's so she's so pretty dude very pretty how old was she when this movie was filmed though um she was Fairly young, I would say. But so Mia Farrow, uh, short history. She comes from a uh, sort of like quasi Hollywood dynasty family. Gotcha. I might get in trouble for saying quasi, but she's like of the entertainment industry. Um, So her parents were entertainers. And so, yeah, so she had like a very natural progression into like acting and modeling whatnot. Well, I mean, um, I, I think even without that, she probably would have. So her parents were Marino Sullivan and John Farrow. Um, yeah, like not like household names, but like yeah, yeah, in, in the biz. But anyway, so she, um, gorgeous lady, goes uh, absolutely. So she, so she is, um, yeah. They move into this apartment. It's this new apartment, and it's kind of old, but has great 
bones and skeleton. So, and it has a lot of skeletons as it turns out. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. (laughs) Uh, So she, they're just like living their life and, um, it takes a while to get into, but we get like a lot of character development, whatnot. They meet the neighbors. Well, what happens first, I do want to reference this first, which I thought was really funny is because, well, also before they're moving into their apartment, they're trying to get out of their lease with their older landlord, which he plays a huge part mm-hmm. in this. He actually plays kind of a major role in this. Yeah, kind of like an unseen role for sure. He plays an unseen role, but also he does pop up every now and again, but he does become a part of the plot and how the plot moves along. So I think it's right. important to mention because True. he tells them before they move into this apartment complex, a lot of crazy shit has happened here. There's a, and I took this straight down because I thought that this was the hottest name for a pair of sisters. The Trench Sisters. Oh, apparently yeah. Oh, yeah the, tr- the Trench yeah. Sisters. So this apartment complex they're moving into is apparently riddled with uh, rumors of witchcraft, murder, cannibalism. The Trench Sisters, he calls it a special <coughs> diet where they do their special diet and they eat babies. They eat babies. So oh, that, well, that, that's a, that, isn't that a reveal later on? No, that's in the beginning. That's in oh, the yeah. very beginning before they you know, get into that apartment. Throwaway. It's such a throwaway. And then they like throw it away. They, they pass it off as like conjecture and hearsay, which is and weird. So, <laughs> and so Mia Farrow herself in this moment is like, you know what? A lot of these old places have history. She really does. They literally sweep that shit under the rug, like the baby in the basement. And whenever, whenever, so this whole sequence of them looking at the apartment and then deciding immediately on it, like they, um, I feel like that Rosemary's Baby is the movie where that trope came in because we've seen it a thousand yes. times hereafter. Yes, and like everything, like Conjuring, whatever, yep, moving yep, into yep, a yep. new place that has history. And uh, like every house has history. The yeah. way they talk about it too, the way they speak. It was like, oh, no big deal. Um, so like, uh, so <laughs> they, uh, Mia Farrow notices that there's a. There is a giant, heavy secretary piece of furniture. Foreshadowing of, the first thing. Yeah. So everything is is planted in a very economical way, which, which is, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, too, because you're like, what's to come? But I already knew. Yeah. So this in this in this sense, it, it sort of echoes like a gothic storytelling, which was very popular at the time and also popular in movies with things with movies like Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca and whatnot. Oh, side note, oh, Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock was originally approached as the one to direct Rosemary's Baby because I, he has a history of, of, with adapting gothic literature. He's got a history and, of abusing his actors. That's what yes, he's got. So. Yes, for fun. He's an asshole. Let's uh, play it in oh, simple. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I think Secret Closet Gate, but I will not get into it now. We're not going I, to. I will get into it whenever we do it, an Alfred Hitchcock one. Yeah. But um. anyway, so... um. Uh, yeah. So this is where the gothic element comes in where like she just, they discover, um, while they're looking at it, like this door, uh, behind a a giant secretary and they're like, why would they block that? And it's just a closet to be revealed. Yeah. It's like an old woman, an old woman lived in this apartment prior. Yeah. She passed away of a coma, which by Mm -hmm. the way, everyone also comes into play. Okay. So they're, they're living in this, they move into this apartment and they start meeting the neighbors oh, and God. the the neighbors are the Cassavets and they are characters. John, the Cassavets, I had those neighbors, by the way, they all moved. They, Thank yeah, fucking God. They are those neighbors that are just like up in, in your, your business, very pushy, relying on your kindness to like do whatever they want. And so they um, sort of. Um, and they, they, okay. So also it, one day in the basement, uh, laundry facilities, the, um, Mia Farrow's character who plays yeah. Rosemary, by the way, she is yeah. the titular character, Rosemary. Yes. She, she meets Terry. Upon, yeah. She meets Terry. Who's who is the Cassavetes like tenant. And she like talks a big game about the Cassavetes. Like, oh, they were, they've been so nice to me. If it wasn't for them, I'd be dead on the streets by now. They, yeah, they uh, took me into their arms and blah, 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 By the way, blah, blah, she blah. looks like Sandy from Greece. Can we talk about it? She like, very much does look like Sandy from Greece. She has 
I, all listen, of that. John, I thought she looked exact. I was like, bitch, is that Sandy from Greece? I put that in my, I put that in my notes. I was like, no, and there's I Sandy mean, from Greece. <laughs> she could have very much have been played by Stockard Channing for sure. No joke. And I honestly, I kind of wish they would have. And just, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but with that yeah. being said, let's not forget. They do talk about the basement. They're like, I hate this basement. The basement's creepy, which by yeah. the way, they do reference in the beginning that there was a dead baby in the basement wrapped in newspaper, yes, which I don't know why they glossed one. over that. And I'm like, yeah, well, basements get dirty sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think that just happens. I mean, that's whenever she's like, yeah, but all these old places have stories like that. Yeah. Which is weird. But also Terry, Terry shows rosemary a necklace she's like do you want to be friends let's do laundry down here together because they're both freaked out she shows her this necklace this charm Mm -hmm. and the charm smells the charm smells and she's like oh my goodness what is that and she's like well the cassavets gave it to me it's for protection yeah she says i hope it works she literally says i hope it It works doesn't next scene Terry's dead on the street, everyone. <laughs> it doesn't. And so Rosemary uh, discover Rosemary and her husband, Guy, they discover, uh, what's her name? Terry. Uh, Terry. She defi- they see her bloody gut spewing all over the sidewalk because she has jumped from uh, the their apartment. Which was and how high up? Six floors? Seven? I think it was like six. Yeah, it's like six floors up or maybe even more. But like, so... Um, uh, whatchamacallit. So the Cassavets are coming home from a night out. Yep. Same they, time. At the same time as this discovery and there's like police around and people around and everything. They're like, oh my gosh, what happened? And they seem suspicious right from the get go. Oh, from the very start. You're how like, colorful their, how colorful their costumes are in this scene is comical. Also, the Cassavets woman who's very pushy, her makeup looks so unnatural that they're like, they never go out. No. John, (laughs) no. I'm going to tell you, though, um, what's crazy to me is I also never understood since we're talking about that. Did she jump or did they push her? Because, and here's the thing, why wouldn't they? She was wearing that um, necklace around her mm-hmm. neck, which they clearly use for their yeah. rituals, which is to come. Right. But like, what would be the point of them pushing her out when, and Terry says this in the basement for all of you, we're just jumping back literally 30 seconds. Terry seconds. dies within five yeah. minutes of you meeting this character. Okay. She says, when I first initially met the cast of vets, I thought it was for a weird sex thing, but they have right. taken me in and they've saved me from drugs and from death. Okay, that's very important that you know that she said, I thought it was for a weird sex thing. Now, yeah, with them putting that thing on her neck, clearly they had plans for her. She I think so. She was so that meeting is sort of a a baton pass. Yeah. From Terry to Rosemary as being the one that they are choosing to mark as their whole cult situation. Yes. We'll get into. So anyway, so Rosemary. that's the so first they, thing in this movie. Let me yeah. just say that's the first thing in this movie that really starts right. driving this plot. Right, right. So um, Rosemary is inserted into this equation unbeknownst. And so she um, uh, so, yeah, so her husband starts gaining a little bit more success and traction with work because uh, he gets a phone call and somebody that he was up an actor that he was up against for a role uh, mysteriously goes blind mysteriously everyone. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh wow. I'm so, so sorry. Uh, yes, I'll take the role. And then, uh, <laughs> so his career starts gaining momentum and he's getting more and more successful. Meanwhile, um, the neighbors, uh, the Cassavets are sort of like really surrounding Rosemary, they sort are. of isolating her from her original friend group. Um, and she's sort of like exhausted by it. She's like, Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. We're hanging out with these weird old people. Fine. Cool. I'm kind. Let's do it. But uh, her husband seems to take a particularly, um, intense liking to these Cassavettes. He can't wait to hang out. And let's just point out though. And only hang out with them. Let's just point out though that they had invited them to, um, dinner at their house. And this was. Rosemary was like, let's go only if you want to. And he didn't initially want to. Guy did not want to. Okay. 
Um, I think this is a little bit of manipulation, in, in, in my opinion. You think you think so? Because when they first meet them and they meet him at the dinner, they don't know anything about them. But he mm-hmm. does become very quick to liking them. Uh, yes. However, this is I have a theory about this. OK, so anyway, so um, I do want to uh, hear your theory because I'm interested to know. I was like, that was really quick. Yeah. So after uh, a dinner party at the Cassavettes and eating and drinking these uh, sort of exotic cocktails for sort of like bad, badly tasting food, Uh the steak is weird. And it's like uh, they're given a cocktail right up front. That's like this, like, oh, something they do in Australia that tastes interesting Um, that night. uh, They the um, uh, Mia Farrow and Guy, they go home. And this is where it gets dicey because um, she is uh, Rosemary is a little bit too drunk to consent to anything. Oh, yeah. um, This is where this is a quote I took down. Yeah. And so uh, she has this weird, crazy dream nightmare vision that we go into where she is uh, raped by the devil. Oh, yeah. Well, no. Well, no, 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 because no, that didn't that didn't quite happen yet. So what happened was, okay. so they went and they had these drinks with them. They had the drinks with them. Guy and Rosemary went and had the drinks with the cast vets. That's when Guy starts going around to their place more and more and more. What happens is Rosemary and Guy are planning on having a baby and Minnie, Minnie Cassavet. She's the older woman. That night she drops off a moose. She drops off a chocolate mousse at their apartment. Oh, that's while they're right. Preparing. Yes, I stand corrected for sure. That she drops off a chocolate mousse. And at this point, Rosemary's eating and she's like, it tastes gross. And her husband keeps insisting. Guy is like, it doesn't taste like anything. So now you're yeah. like. And okay. she also, she only takes like two bites and scoops yeah. the rest of it into her. Napkin. Um, into her napkin, which may actually justify why she's semi-aware yes of what's happening this whole montage dream sequence they actually reference that too they said if she ate the whole thing she'll be out like a light she won't know anything she knows something she knows something's up though because like john was saying i'm so sorry to take over at that point go for it they had that they she has this dream sequence because minnie poisoned her now this is where we get to the hereditary reference all Mm. of the naked people in that room while she is sitting there tied up to the couch and they keep talking to Rosemary. They're talking to Rosemary at this point, everyone. Rosemary thinks she's in a dream, but she has been taken to a basement. Is it the basement or is it somewhere else? Um, I, I'm not exactly sure. Because it's somewhere else that they take her. Anyway, at this point, Rosemary is raped by Satan, the literal embodiment of Satan. Okay. And yeah. in that room with all of the people in their apartment, complex is also her husband guy so yes. right here is when we learn that guy is now part well, of this Minnie, cult also many of the cassavettes yes they're there too talking to each other all the neighbors even the neighbors that have met them prior to this so we the audience know we now know we now know everybody's in on it and then whenever she wakes up she takes clear issue she takes they make a point in this thing, in this part of the story for her to be like, what happened last night? Yes. And then the, the husband is, yeah. Okay. I have this quote. I need to tell you this because this is where I started thinking, okay, they wanted to include this part. Now at this point, Rosemary, she's been raped by Satan. This is happening. She's kind of awake. She's kind of asleep, but now she wakes up in the morning and her husband makes it seem like it's a dream. Okay. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, what time is it? And guy is like, oh, it's uh, nine o'clock, yada, 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 whatever. Okay. And he's like, he's very distant, oh, getting ready for work, not very. really looking her in the eye at nope. all. And she's nude and she notices there are scratches on her body. And so do we. They're and very so do big we. scratches. And she's like, what happened? Now she goes, what happened? And I'm going to let you take over after this. But this is where I first was like, this is gross. This is very, oh, yeah. Like, it's, this is so but, rapey. Um, it, it for sure is because she's like, what happened? And he's like, oh, I thought you wanted to try for a baby. Yeah. And this is where full, this is where the gaslighting 
This starts to really John, become apparent. I was going to say, this movie is, <laughs> have you ever, trigger warning for people who have been gaslit, well, this no, movie. Well, no, because this is the whole movie. And this it's is the whole book. It's all about gaslighting. And this is where the theme of the, the, the greater theme starts now. And it's like, she's like, oh yeah, but she's like, but I wasn't, but she's like, I wasn't like in any capacity right mind for that to she happen. She literally says that. She's like, we could have tried it either this morning or later tonight. And his quote directly is, yes, I didn't want to miss baby night. And it was kind of fun in a necrophile sort of way. This is true. And she takes issue with that as well. Bad, bad, bad. Yes. It you is can tell. not good. So it keep going good. because I had to throw that. I had to interject because that was one of my main things right there. No, I was yeah. like, oh, but here's the thing for me. It's like, yes, that's like the worst thing ever, but it is part of the plot and the book. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not passed off as like, um, an off color tone deaf of the times, um, misogyny. It is, it is purposely put in there for yep. him to be evil and her yep. to be and it, it's to call to a certain theme which is the overarching theme of this whole thing yes. which is be um, gaslit to fucking death <laughs> yeah or specifically uh women pregnant women wives being gaslit into being into this sort of role and so and also taking away um volition and choice and uh and everything for during a pregnancy. You know what I mean? Oh, it's I like, do. Yeah. So like it's a, uh, and that totally happens still to this day. Uh, yeah. Which is <laughs> so really weird. The, the themes of this movie are extraordinarily dark and like, uh, such as intermarital rape and uh, yeah. And abortion and women's right to choose. And, uh-huh. and, the world around you is literally acting against you to make you feel like you're making all the decisions and you're not. No. Which is scary (laughs) and paranoid and overbearing. And so that's what I like about this film. And so far as like those themes being brought out and how it was executed and all that stuff. But anyway, so she um, ends up uh, finding out that she's pregnant. Uh huh. She does what she's happy about, but also <laughs> under the circumstances, it's kind of like, well, this is but what I her, wanted. Her relationship with her husband begins to change after that night. But it's like, <laughs> it's so weird too. like that dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, and they, so this is like the scariest part is that she never stood a chance. She never so like, did because she had she, no one actually backing her. Right. Everyone's involved kind of a thing. So anyway, so against her. So she starts feeling very sick from the pregnancy and we do like a big time jump. Yes, we and do. We do a time jump. Her husband is getting more work, being more successful. They're able to afford a lot of these renovations in the house. Beautiful um, couches, which they do yeah. talk about a lot. I know, also, right? That green couch was hot, dude. I love that couch. <laughs> I wanted that couch. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It was a cool green couch. Very mod. <laughs> it was very mod. It was such and a like, good couch. This, I mean, also, like, Mia Farrow's uh, wardrobe in this is very mod. John, I know. I was going to leave that till because I don't want to talk wardrobe, but that is something I do want right. to talk about. Yeah, we'll the do wardrobe it later. is kind of like, but also it reminds me of like the early 2000s, how mod kind of had a comeback. And I was like, no, thanks, Target. I don't um, but, uh, no, because they could fucking target could never <laughs> target tried. They tried. <laughs> That's not going to happen uh, for target. Uh, They're uh, not anyway, on so, the target. So let's keep going. So she starts getting sick, like very sick, very feverish, sweaty, whatever. And she's like, there's something wrong with the baby. She's lost a and, lot um, of weight as well. Let's not gloss over. Yeah, she she's looks starting like to a lose twig. Weight. Yeah, she looks she like a twiggy either. Yeah, she does look like twiggy because she cuts her hair short. She and John, <laughs> when she gets that pixie cut, I literally I the same died. Thing. I, was like, I was like, oh, my God, she looks so good. Are we doing twiggy today? We're doing twiggy. We're doing today. Twiggy. John, when she cuts that bob, She's all, it's Vidal Sassoon. Right. I was Pure like, oh, product like the placement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, anyway, so uh, Minnie Cassavetes, the, the elderly lady who's a neighbor and very pushy and obviously a part of the plot, starts crowding uh, Rosemary. Crowding and, her about the pregnancy. Oh, don't forget giving her the, milkshakes. Weird this shakes. milk thing with like this weird herb in there. And she's like, this tastes weird, blah, blah, blah. She's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. So they made a full point that like 
oh, Rosemary yeah. is on this drink concoction given to her every day. And it's sort of like, but she's in so much pain from the pregnancy all the time for months, 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 <laughs> months she- and months go by. And so here's the thing. She, um, so who comes over as a sort of a voice of reason in her world is the and landlord is the landlord. And he is like, um, yeah. So he kind of catches, he's, he smells foul play. He does. And then and guess who like, shows up? Right. <laughs> always. <laughs> There's always someone watching. Always watching. Always everything. Always so, watching Rosemary's so, every fucking move. Yeah. So he's talking to Rosemary in their apartment and like the husband shows up and crowds them. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, it's what is it? Some, why can't I remember his? I remember Minnie, but it's not um, so, uh, uh, Mr. Oh, right. Cassavet. I wish I could remember his first name, but Mr. Cassavet, who's part of this plot, shows yeah. up at the house. Mm, oh, right. Yes. Shows up at the house after almost immediately after the landlord shows up and he's like, you're very skinny. It's like, why are you so skinny? And Mm -hmm. she's trying to explain to him, well, you lose weight sometimes. And then Mr. Cassavet rings the doorbell. Right, right. Yeah. So So he sounds the alarm because she's like crowded by people who are against her. And then this one person from the real world comes in and is like, what the fuck is going on here? And he's like, "Um, let's have lunch. Oh, no, we know. He's like, he's like, let's talk privately and then calls her on the phone. He calls her on the phone to ask her to talk private in the middle of the night. Yes. Um, her husband answers that phone and is like, hey, uh, oh, it's for you. Uh, it's, uh, and then he's like waiting. He's like waiting in bated <laughs> yes. breath like, yes. for her to get off that phone and find out what happened. Yeah, and he so, does. He uh, actually literally is like, so where are you guys going? What time yeah. are you guys getting uh-huh. there? And he's always leaving. Pertinent information. As soon as he gets pertinent information for himself, he immediately ducks out of the apartment to like go get cigarettes. Oh, yeah. To go get some Always. bread. To go he, get some milk. It's but very you know convenient. Right. But you know he's like leaving to go tell everyone what's going on. Oh, yeah. He gets yeah. that red solo cup. Everybody sits there with their fucking cups on strings and they're yeah. all talking to each other. And, and so at this point in the story, we, the audience, know that things are working against Rosemary. It always has, but now it's even worse. It's compacted by 10. Yeah. So every single time she makes the choice to trust somebody, we're like, fuck. Yeah. And she can't trust anyone. Yeah. So she, um, anyway, so long story short, she can't, she never meets up with her landlord. No, because he mysteriously (laughs) doesn't show up for the lunch date conveniently. But guess who does? Guess who does? Minnie Minnie Cassavetes. Somehow she knows. She was like, oh, what a coincidence. I can't believe we're both outside. She's yeah, like, I'm doing Christmas like, shopping. Yeah. She's like, you know what? Let me just do this. Also, you're not feeling well. Let me Let's see take you home. you home. She's yeah. like, let me take you home. So it's like very unnerving and crazy. But anyway, so. Um, the Cassavettes are trash, dude. They are. They're bold. And uh, so anyway, so uh, Rosemary, she decides to. Like, fuck everybody off. And she's like, I'm going to throw this goddamn party. She does. For, she's, yep. I'm going to throw no a party. I'm still but my friends. Yeah. She's like, I'm just our old friends. Like she, she says, yes, yes, yes. Uh, or she's like, oh, maybe not old friends, but people we used to know. Yes. Burn old. Mini she, did. she did. <laughs> and she stops taking the milk. She stops. She, ta- she stops taking the mini Cassavette's milk. And so she throws this party mm-hmm. and she. It's a kind of a raucous party. I was like jealous. Um, And all of her girlfriends that she hasn't seen in a while and did not even know she was pregnant. No, they did not know she was pregnant because she's (laughs) never been given the opportunity. She wasn't allowed to tell anyone. No, this reminds me of the woman on the train. Yeah. Crazy. Woman on the train who's been kept from everything. Yeah. Not allowed to talk to nobody. Yeah. Literally it's hidden very, from the world. It's very gaslighty and abusive. And it's crazy. really, honestly, it is. But also it parallels real uh, relationships. It does. Real, which real is, marriages. Which especially is especially at that it, time in the 1968. Uh, oh, for very, sure. Very patriarchal, which sure. we will get into later. But, but it's anyway, also so fucked up. It's very fucked up. Like, <laughs> like it's so, weird. So the, so this the reason why this movie was so successful, which we'll go into later, is that it mirrored um sort of a real woman's relationship and a heteronormative relationship at the time. But anyway, so, um, 
so her friends, so she starts like, so she sort of breaks down in the kitchen, her friends surround her and they're like, and it's like, it's literally like voices of reason all over the place. And they're oh, like, yeah. oh my God, stop going to Dr. Saperstein, who is in on it, by the way. So like she's been set up with an OBGYN, a maternity doctor, whatever, oh, uh, yeah. who is fully involved. Oh yeah. In this plot. And so they're like, don't go back to him. You have to go to Dr. Hill. Go to Dr. Hill. Dr. Yes. Hill. Dr. Hill's amazing. Dr. Hill delivered my babies. And so like, um, and uh yeah. And uh so she's like, Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. And so after the party, she has a fight with her husband about which doctor she's gonna go to and who's gonna del- and who's gonna deliver the baby. Yeah. And so and this whole thing crescendos, he's very crazy. The husband is very crazy. Right. It's like, no, you're going to Dr. Saperstein. That's the end of it. Well, she and keeps we're not being talk told. About she keeps being told, like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. She was like, why am I feeling like this? And the guy keeps telling her, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But only because it's only fine in the sense that when you have a demon child growing and fuck inside of you, apparently it's fine. <laughs> like, apparently it's very painful. Like that painful is, that pain is it magically, the pain magically goes away. And she's yes, like, it does. Oh, I'm fine. Maybe I am crazy as this moment. Yep. The moment she has is maybe I am overreacting. Uh-huh. Maybe this is all just getting to me. Yep. I'm going to continue to go to Dr. Saperstein. <laughs> yes, yes, she does. <laughs> and then she figures out that her old landlord who was in a coma dies. Yep. But he's, and she, she goes to his funeral. And he left her something. Left her a gift, which is a book. Oh, yeah. About witches. Yep. What's the book title? Because, John, also, I was All like. All Them I'm, Witches. Honestly, I was like, is that a real book? Because I would totally buy that. All Them Witches. All Them Witches is bitches. <laughs> <laughs> all them bitches. All the, look, all them but witches. She's, all them witches. He, she is told by the messenger that the top. She's like, she's like the name is an, an anagram. anagram. For all of you who don't know what an anagram is, John, please explain. It is a a series of. It's it's a saying where you can actually rearrange the letters into another meaning. Yes, it is. And so she um she assumes that it's the title that's an anagram. Yep. And so she looks at the book. It's a book full of witches. And she fucking pulls out Scrabble, by the way. I love the Scrabble device. John, I Did put you? that in my notes. I, can I tell you my quote? Yeah. This is what I wrote. I love the Scrabble device. And I put this. I said, um, okay, 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 okay. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> give me two seconds. No, Scrabble was like so. They they, they even introduced Scrabble oh, early on as a love game. That they she like pulled to play. out Scrabble to solve a witch riddle, a witch's yeah. riddle. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I put in my notes. Which was like genius, but yeah. also product placement. Yeah, to, I mean Vidal Sassoon. Come on, like, Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> I saw those Ritz crackers also. Oh, you at the did? party Ritz you, crackers. You, oh, I had some of those last night. But that's I did too. that's neither here nor there. I love anyway, the Scrabble. So she uh, works with the Scrabble to find out what the anagram is. She, she is, figures she, it out. She figures it out, and uh, you you take it from here. She figures out that it's a. It's not the title. It's one of the names of one of the witches yep. in the book that's named. And she rearranges it. Tell me what his name is, because I did not put that on my notes. I do know it was rearranged, but I can't remember. Cassavet. I can't tell you the first names, but Cassavetes is the last name. It is the husband of Minnie. It's the husband who, of Minnie. Who is the husband of Minnie. So what is revealed from this, what she brings to her husband later on, is that She's hysterical. She's she's cracked the case, basically. And she's clearly crackers. Like she has been tormented this yeah. entire time. But she at this point, she is trusting her instincts and she is like, husband, who's a, who's on my side. She literally this is what's has going no on. clue. Dude. She's like, she's like, these are witches here. And this is why this book of all them witches. She's like, there's an anagram here. And the name is blank Cassavetes, who is the grandson of um, this witch who's in this actual book, they're a coven. All yep. these people are in a coven yep. and they, and they use things and they eat babies to do. They need babies for their spells. She solved and it. She's like, they want my baby to do a spell. Yep. Okay. That's, think, that's, she and, believes this. Which, yeah. So she firmly believes it. And the husband is like, um, 
Give me that book. Yep. Give me that book. And he gets rid of. Oh my God. That was, you got, that was Satan, everyone. Since we're talking about Rosemary's yeah. baby, Satan. that was my impression of the devil. So I just wanted you all to know. Um, but. <laughs> But that's anyway, gonna, that's going to happen often here. And I apologize. So just I to can't wrap up it. the plot, because we got a lot to talk about. We do. So she um, she uh, yeah. So the she basically goes. So it hits a high point whenever she is about to have her baby. Yes. She's about to have the baby and she goes to Dr. Saperstein's. She goes to Dr. Hill. She goes to no, Dr. Saperstein. No, first, yeah, 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 yeah. She goes to Dr. Saperstein and then she realizes he's in on it. He is in on it because he smells just like the Tannis root that's in the, that fucking necklace that the Tannis Terry root died that, wearing. Yes, yes. Smells just like it. And then she's like, fuck. And so she quickly goes to Dr. Hill, convinces him to see her. And he's like, you know what? Why don't you fucking rest in here for a second and I'll be right back. She does and tell he, him everything, though. She says, I know I sound crazy. People are trying to take my she baby. She tells him everything. And then he's like very sympathetic. He's like. He's like, you, you just rest here for a second. I'm going to take care of everything here. You have nothing to worry about. And then he brings Rosemary's husband, Guy. And Dr. Saperstein. And Dr. Saperstein into the room. And they're like, you're insane. And we feel bad for you. We're going to take you home now. <laughs> Let's go have this baby. Oh. And so, so, it's so it's like the jig is up. She tries to get free from them. She she like locks them out of the building briefly enough to take the elevator up and lock them out of the apartment. Yes. But very creepy moment. Uh-huh. Is this she, thinks she's, she thinks that she's alone in the apartment. And then we see people walking in the hallway which is so scary dude because they're so already creepy. there they're already in there and we we have the audience to know exactly how that happened and we know how they got in because <laughs> this harkens back to the, the hutch closet. being in front of the closet door because it is a false wall it's a false wall that leads into a parlor which we'll get into in a moment so anyway so they this cult surrounds her it's oh, everyone yeah. involved she's freaking the fuck out at this point everyone they put her out with drugs. She wakes up and she's had the baby and she's scared. She's terrified. But guess and what? Where's the baby? She keeps asking, where's my they, baby? She says, where's my baby? Where's my baby? And they tell her that it died. Yeah. Which is really fucked. So she knows that there's this whole cult plot around her. Yep. And then she's like, oh, the baby died. So, so they try telling forget. her the baby died. Let's not forget. They keep trying to give her a pill. And she's at this point like. I don't trust none of this. Yeah, they're basically trying to tranquilize her with medication. They're trying to tranquilize her and she is, she's on top of it and she takes that pill. She pretends she's taking it and she hides that pill. She keeps hiding the pill. So she still has her wits about her. Yes. And so, and, but they, they also keep trying to get her to pump her breast milk. Yes. And she's wondering why. Yeah. And she does a very clever thing. This Rosemary She does, which and one of these instances, she puts, she tries to put a dirty spoon into the glass with the milk. With yep. the breast milk. Yep. And the lady's like, oh, no, don't do that. And yep. she's like, why? And she's like, aren't you just going to throw it away? She's like, you're just going to make a mess. But yeah, it's yeah. really because they're using it for a baby. They're using her breast milk for a baby that's supposedly dead. Yeah. So there's a lot of little fun uh, it is. details that kind of tr- string this thing along. Right. There are. And so that's whenever she's like, oh, my God. And then she wakes up. And she hears a baby crying. She does. Lots of plot devices. Yeah. So she hears a baby crying. And so she's convinced that this baby is alive somewhere and they're, they're keeping it from her. Yep. So one, one night whenever she's supposed to be like trazodoned out. Oh, she like, oh dude, she's full, <laughs> full on. <laughs> like she, she takes a, she's alone in the apartment. Nobody's there for real. And she takes this crazy kitchen knife, by the way. Oh, John, I love that knife. That knife. I'm that not gonna knife, lie. That I knife actually scared lo- me. I actually loved that knife. I was like, that, I mean, such great, a knife. great choice because that knife was so sharp and weird. I was just like, that's like a scary sharp knife, John. It looked like it belonged. 
it looked like it belonged as part of a sword, but it had a knife handle, kitchen knife handle. <laughs> yeah. It was like a fillet knife for fish or something. <laughs> no, really. For, it is for filleting because that's what she was going to do. Yeah. Because she's, she's not filleting fillet fillet anymore. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, so she, she finds, she discovers the, the, uh, the false door in the closet and she goes through it and it's this parlor with everybody there. It's Minnie's house. It's the Cassavette's home. It's the Cassavette's home. Because they share the wall. We forgot to mention, they share oh, walls. Right. They share the wall. And it's basically an extension of their apartment. Yep. Um, she's been living in the Cassavette's place this whole time. And she had but, no clue. Um, so she gets there uh, and there is this giant like black bassinet crib thing. And she sees her baby. And she, and starts she freaks out. out. What did, did you do to his eyes? What did you do to his eyes? And then and they, they talk say, about his hands. <laughs> and they talk, but the person, she says, the first thing she says is, what did you do to his eyes? What the hell have you guys done? And they say, he has his father's, he has eyes. His father's eyes. Now, so. <laughs> for all of you who haven't watched this, when we go back to the demon rape, uh, the demon rape, it's actually Satan. When Satan's fucking Mia Farrow's character, you see his eyes very clear. They're yeah. red and they are surrounded by scalies. Like scaly uh-huh. skin. So you yeah. can only imagine what so the baby Rose looks Mary's like at this baby point. is a demon baby. It is Satan's child. She's, ha- she's given birth to Adrian. Yeah. And it gets, uh, a little ex- <laughs> it gets a little expositional with the dialogue at this point. This is where it starts losing me. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Right. But I mean, like, uh, so Mr. Cassavetes, like who is the, the king of this coven. Yes. The patriarch, if you will, of uh, this yeah. coven, mm. which is also theme based. Which daddy? Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so she essentially had the Antichrist. Yeah, and, she, she um, gave birth to Adrian for all of you. Yeah. And so while she's reeling, you see like, every, so the jig is up. Everybody's like, everybody has dropped the performance. They have, everybody but they're who was still around her. gaslighting her, which sucks because at yeah, this point they're like. But they're, they're not pretending to be anything other than Satan worshiping witches. Oh, they're which horrible. Is, which is an interesting twist and uh, an interesting yeah. change in demeanor from yeah. all these characters. And uh, so they're basically just like, shut the fuck up. Don't, didn't you want a baby? Yeah. Didn't you want a baby? They're like, Rosemary? you wanted this and we gave you a baby. And she's like, it's not my child. They're like, it is your child. No, really? And this is where the gaslighting continues. Oh my God. All like, the way up till the end. They're like, but you are a mother, Rosemary. Yep. This is your baby. Don't you want to take care of your baby? Don't you want to be its mother? Right. Oh, all the way and to the so, point. Yeah. They're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did horrible shit to you, but don't you still want to be its mother? Right. For real. They sweep <laughs> it all under. They're like, yeah, we're awful, but I mean. Like, sure. Yes. We kill people and it's terrible and it is Satan. And you're totally correct this whole entire time. And we're sorry we gaslit you, but. We're going to continue you, doing that. Don't you want to be a mother? Yep, and that's basically... And she chooses to be the mother of this baby. That's how it ends. It ends with Rosemary being like, well, if you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So she... I mean, which is... Which is exactly which is which is be acting kind. <laughs> which is be acting they're like, they're like we could. They're, they're like we could have just killed you and taken they you did. out of the equation. They literally were like, we didn't kill you. Yeah, was like we. You could literally like you can do this and have all of the riches ever. Have this great, lovely life. Have a spice garden that you've always wanted. Oh my god! As if that's like some. <laughs> as if that's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it could be her ultimate goal is to have a spice garden. Yeah, but so anyway. which is really fucked up from the times because they're like, this is what women want as a spice like, garden. Don't you want that ironing board? Uh, we can give it to you. <laughs> so, but anyway, so uh, that's how it ends. She joins the dark side and becomes the mother of her own baby. She which becomes is, the mother of it, which is a monstrous abomination that we never get to see. Sadly enough. Also, I did want to say this though, which I thought was really cool. Before all this happened, though, um, and it, the movie has ended. Yes, she's given birth. But I thought I, there was one notable moment which I really took interest in. Was mm-hmm. when they had the New Year's Eve party, and yes. the guy says, "Okay, this this is what I put in my notes." Because here I go as my notes. I'm just writing as I go. So it says, "Okay, it's New Year's Eve, and the toast is cursed." Roman, 
It's Roman who says it. His name is Roman Cassavet. Why couldn't I remember that? So Roman says, welcome to the year 19, or 1966, year oh, one. That's correct. He I literally that. says year one. Right, because it's year one of Satan of ruling Satan the earth. Satan being on the earth. Of the Antichrist. Which I thought was such a, such a cool thing to put in. Yeah, and, and that's why this movie. you miss it moment. Yes, and I caught it. So thank you for also acknowledging I it because I probably would have forgotten to bring it up. The movie because it also immediately cuts to a different scene. It does right immediately after. So you have you have no opportunity to to see a reaction to that or nope. to process it. It just goes. Welcome to the year nineteen nine or nineteen <laughs> not nineteen ninety six. Fuck off. Nineteen sixty six. Year one. I thought so, that was and so whenever clever. Whenever you look back, whenever you look back on on the thing. Yes, they're gaslighting and yes, they're lying, but they also reveal a lot in the truth that they tell. Like they say they offer a lot of truth, such as like the welcome to year one. It's almost like they let their guard down in moments for for Rosemary to see. I think they wanted to truly. Okay, I, I do believe that. But also before we go into that, I really want to know what you think. Because the mm. necklace that they gave to Rosemary belonged to Terry before Terry, quote unquote, jumped yes, from the window. Yes. Circling back to that, I, I feel in my opinion. Do you believe they killed oh, yeah. her or do you think she jumped? Um, here's the thing. Um, I feel, okay, I have one of two ideas here. So it's either um, Terry, we don't know her history we don't. With whatever the hell. We barely know anything about her. We <clears throat> know her for five but seconds. I do know for, a, I do think that she was um, sort of a candidate to be in Rosemary's place. Okay. Before Rosemary. Yes. And so she was the one being targeted. Maybe it wasn't panning out. Um, maybe, maybe she, wa- maybe she did, wasn't able to have children or something like that. Um, and maybe it wasn't looking good. So they, Rosemary comes into the picture and they, and they take her out. But however, I I also feel like I also have the opinion, which I feel like you might be going into. No, I feel like Terry was a part of it. I don't think Terry was a part of it. Okay. I actually think they killed Terry and here's why, because I want to bring back to them saying at the very end of this, the very end of the movie, which is why the whole time I was like, did Terry jump or did they murder her? I think they murdered her because they said, Satan chose you. Satan yeah. chose you. They had no use for Terry after Satan didn't want her. Right, right, right. So it's like it was going to be. No, it because it's going to be Terry, though. That doesn't completely hold water because I think. So when do you think the husband was in on it? I which. OK, it was really which, which strange. matters in the context of Terry. I John, think. John, I couldn't figure it out because I was thinking, did he move in here knowing full well who the yes. Cassavetes were? Because exactly. And yes, yes, for sure. Because at that point, I was like, they went and had dinner. He went over the next night and all of a sudden he's part of a cult. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way that happened within. I don't. Because I, I, th- I think, you know what, because I don't I think that he moved in there knowing full well was what was going on because he had already experienced success with commercials. True. I, I, I he was on the rise already. And I think that was gifted to him by the witches. You think so? Yes. And okay. so he put them there in that apartment. It was not a mistake. No, because the neighbor who lived in that apartment before died from a coma, which means mm-hmm. they had personally killed her. Which they put people in comas, put, by the way. By the way, for everyone, that is a plot point. They put people in comas <laughs> to kill them because yeah, it looks natural. I think Terry. So I believe in my opinion, it's up for debate, but I believe Terry was in the cult and sacrificed herself for the for the cause. OK. And I think that she jumped. Um, and I think that. uh she was a she was put into play she was a device she was just a device <laughs> she was like this is this is this cool like amulet thing and very much trust the cassavets they yeah. take care of people true she was she there did on purpose that for point. that she did make yeah. that point she was like isn't it lovely yeah and she's just like and this is for protection and i could have been on the streets i could have been this and that or the other i think she was fully in the cult she could have been 
Yeah. I still, I'm still don't know, but at this point it could be anything. All I know yeah. is what do you think? Okay. So first let's, okay. Let's talk about. Yeah. We're what fully we going think? over time, but we're going for it. I don't know if we're fully going over time yet. Oh, right. Almost. I don't think we're, we're almost there. We're let's almost get into over opinions. time. What was okay. your opinion overall? What have you got going on here? First, let's give this first. Let's tell the audience what it was rated, what Metacritic, all oh, yeah. of this. Let's give them the rating because we want to know what people thought of this movie when it came out. Um, let's see. And here. today. <laughs> well, uh, it was very critically well received. It was at the time. It was nominated for several Oscars and won one. For Miss Cassavetes, BT really? dubs. She won. Yeah. Yeah. So Ruth Gordon plays Miss Cassavetes and she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress and she won it for this movie. Well, good and for her. I mean, she was, was so fucking annoying, dude. But yeah, but she was like. She played her character so well. She kind of owns it. Though. She does. Like, she looks so evil at some moments. I'm she like, does. Oh, okay. Crazy. So here's where we're going to. Okay. So it's uh, the movie is rated R. It's Two mm-hmm. hours and 16 minutes, and it got a 96% Rotten Tomatoes, 4.4 out of 5 Common Sense Media, and a 96% Metacritic. I am going to give this, I'm not going to lie, John, I love I loved this movie. Yeah. I thought it was I would a, say two. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, do I want to give it like a nine? I don't know. Uh, I think I would give it an eight. Yeah, I'd probably give it a seven or an eight. It's just like the pacing for me, uh, like it doesn't need to be over two hours, but they did it. They could have cut out some <laughs> of the nude scenes that were irrelevant, which let's talk about. Yeah. Like, we don't have to talk about that, but there was a scene in particular when they first moved in and they had no furniture and they were eating mm. dry ass turkey sandwiches on white oh, bread. Right, right, and she right, was like, right. let's make love. John, it is the least sexy introduction to a sex scene I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> but also realistic. They're getting splinters in their ass cheeks, taking their yeah. clothes off. And then I was like, this is so boring. But you know what? It was also like a real relationship. At it that was, point. <laughs> but I do want to say, he says, shh, to her and she's got freaks out because she hears a creak. He's like, I think I hear the sisters chewing. Do you remember that? Oh, the wow. trench sisters. He goes, I think I hear him chewing. I think. Oh, right. Kind of be like ghosty and spooky. Yeah. He already knew, yeah. but I give this movie an eight. I like the yeah. movie. Um, I thought um, the movie I, was good. I liked it. It's very like, so I gotta say, um, so just like a, a as a fun side note. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about this fact, but it is a fact that Roman Polanski was uh, with uh, Sharon Tate whenever she not with with, but like she, no. he, they were in a relationship. He was gone from the home. He was gone from the home and in, 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 in London. But whenever the Charles Manson cult uh, murdered Paul Sharon, <laughs> yeah, she, murdered Sharon Tate, who was pregnant with Roman Polanski's baby at the time. Which is so which weird. Is, which is crazy. It's so freaking weird. So that's like an interesting tidbit is that hmm. Catherine Tate was murdered with Roman Polanski's Roman Polanski's baby. Uh, Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. Sharon Did I say? Catherine Tate. Oh, who is an amazing comedian. <laughs> <laughs> she is actually hilarious. Anyway, so that's like a fun thing. Uh, yeah, so I... Um, yeah, I just love this movie, actually, and I can't condone Roman Polanski in any shape, way, or form. No, he's rotten. He's a rotten person. If you guys want to know, we're not talking about him. You can look up his history and his past. Yeah, um, Mia Farrow, gorgeous, babe. Yeah, in our opinion, he's a rotted person, uh, you know, but that's just how we yeah. feel. And so um, Mia Farrow's hot. Costuming was great. This movie gets an eight, and that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were there any moments in the movie where uh that are notable to you that yeah. we haven't discussed? Oh no. Uh we hadn't discussed her Bob reveal when he was or her pixie cut reveal when he was like Oh right, and he's like, You look disgusting. And I was like, I literally put it on my note. Do you want to hear what I put in my notes what? for this? Okay, I'm about to tell you right now. When she comes in with that pixie cut, this was the only notable thing. And I know, I think we are running out of time at this point, but, um, so, uh, the F, you know what? Maybe I can't find it. 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Some time has passed. All of these apartment whores are in on it and so is the doctor. But Rosemary just blows the wig off this scene in the cutest pixie cut I've ever seen. And Guy is like, what is that? I hope you didn't pay for it. He's a stupid dick with bad taste. That was my... Uh, she looks yeah. really good. That's the thing we didn't really touch on. She cuts her hair. Well, that's like, there's all these little subtle things of um, like sort of old times, antiquated times versus new modern uh, yes. feminism times. Um, and they're sort of like, it's a story about the cusp of that. And how like, she's becoming. Yeah. And so she's like this, this modern woman. She's doing twiggy pixie cuts. She's, she looks good. She's also, she saw all these decorating things in a magazine. She's very modern. It's a very, and also the time 1968, it's very much like the, the, uh, sort of like the, uh, what, what's it called again? A women's liberation yes. sort of time. And, uh, the sort of Roe v. Wade is on the horizon, which is weird. And that we're talking about that now. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's like very much a Rosemary's baby thing would totally fly today because it's like, the movie is about a woman's right to choose. She even mentions an abortion, abortion at one she point. Does. She's like, I'm not having an abortion. <laughs> right. Because she's having like complications and things like that. But it's a part of the, a part of her conversation. Her friend literally says, no one's telling you, you need to. Right. And so like, it's part of the conversation and she's a rational human being. Yep. Who, because of these antiquated institutions around men and women and relationships and marriage, which are very much controlled by another outside party, such as the U S government or mm. governments at large and mm-hmm. society at large. There, there are institutions in place to oppress and choose for women. Uh, and that's very obvious today, but in 1968, I don't think people realize that they were being, they were sort of cogs in this greater machine as yep. living human citizens of a country. Yep. Uh, so the, the whole cult idea that's like surrounding and oppressing her and pulling all of the strings and she never stood a chance. Nope. That was just like an eye opener at the time for this movie to be like, Oh my God, this is such a, a timely metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like that cult isn't just a cult of witches. This is like, our U.S. government. There's and a bigger picture the, here. The patriarchal institutions that are meant that are put in place meant to oppress me actively, and yep. I have no idea. And I think that I'm crazy. Yep. And so, I guess with that, like, <laughs> we've really got. I guess with that, we have nothing else. Yeah. I have nothing else to so say. Rosemary's Baby still relevant today. Still Isn't relevant. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? If any of you are interested in watching it after you just heard us told you everything, please do. There's so much more. Yes, it's yes, so yes. much more involved than we um, can talk about this all day, but we're not gonna. And we also have no more time left. So everyone, please, if you like this, subscribe. Give rate us, yeah. review us, tell your friends about us. Right. Um, what, and next week we're going to be watching another movie to bring to you. John, do you know what that movie is? Because I think it's your turn to pick. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you later. I don't know yet. Okay. We're going to figure it out. So it's John's movie to pick and we're going to watch whatever John wants. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, with that, everyone, this has been main girls interrupted. Yeah. And we're going to see you. At the movies. Roll the credits, <laughs> bitch.